maybe. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. It's Locked On Chiefs. It's the first day of training camp. We're really excited. Matt was there in person. This is Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest. You're going to hear all from him coming up about what we saw, what we think we'll see, and what's going to happen next. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Welcome back, Matt. Derek, it's been a long day, right? Your first day at true camp, right? First day of true camp and the at the point in camp already where you forget what day it is. So every morning I look at my phone to see what day it is because I think pretty much every day feels like a Monday right now. Right. Okay. It's just a, a <laughs> month of Mondays. You'll be okay. <laughs> it is a marathon. And while you have been in the group for a few days already, uh, fans were out there for the first time today. First legitimate full team drills lot going on like it's almost hard to figure out where to start but for me um as much as I want to talk about the defense I think the bigger things were probably on offense today and that probably began with who was running with the ones when Travis Kelsey wasn't on the field yeah I mean when when Kelsey's not on the field Kelsey or Kelsey whichever one we want to go with (laughs) I think um you're gonna see a lot of Noah Gray this year I mean it's just been consistent I mean even going back to OTAs um you know I've I've been into belief now for a while that I think by the end of the season Noah Gray is gonna have more snaps than any other tight end on on the roster that's not named Travis Kelsey uh we'll see how it bears out but yeah I, I I don't think there's any doubt right now that the the Chiefs see Noah Gray as a weapon that they feel like that they can use. Yeah, and I think they should. If you uh, checked out RGR on Wednesday, folks, you saw my actual film review of Noah Gray from college and a lot of wrinkles that I think can fit into this Chiefs offense. Uh, The fact that they got him rolling with the ones day one, I think gives you an idea of where the hierarchy is for that position group right now. Um, You would have to say that probably early, like you said, day one is a good sign, definitely later in the season, but I think he could probably get some snaps week one maybe they have a package design for him like they're going to try to use him right yeah i mean it, that, the, the tricky part is going to be how you balance the, you know, the workload i mean some of it is that one i think they want to give travis kelsey a little bit of a rest because mm-hmm. travis Kelsey played a lot of snap over the last season remember he's not getting any younger so i certainly think part of it is that they want to get noah gray to get in there and give kelsey some rest um, the other part of it, too, is that, you know, hey, Chiefs are Chiefs, and, and Andy Reid's Andy Reid, so he's going to play a lot of 12 personnel with two tight ends out there. Um, question's going to be is, is, you know, can Noah Gray be the kind of guy that can pick up some blocks um, due to things that the number two tight end's got to be? You know, mm-hmm. you, it's not all about running out and catching passes. You know, you got to be able to chip. you got to be able to block. you got to stay in and help the run game. I mean, there's a lot of elements to it. And there's a lot of things that Blake Bell's going to be better at right now. Um, you know, it could certainly be that, hey, maybe Noah Gray is number two tight end with a bullet right off the bat and doesn't look back. Um, it could be that maybe there's going to be some things that he needs to pick up. We're going to find out when the pads come on next week. That's when, you know, we'll really find out there's some interesting questions. And one of them is going to be, hey, can Noah Gray be physical as a blocker and, you know, as a, in the, both the pass and the run game? Yeah. And when you look at what he did in college, it, it wasn't wasn't physicality blocking people to the ground. It was good positional blocking, get in the way, maintain your edge. I am optimistic about that, uh, especially if they if they do line them up in the H. I, I know that we haven't seen much of anything in terms of formation and that stuff. That's all coming, folks. We'll get into that. 
But I thought it was a bit of a surprise that he got reps with the ones right off the bat. The other surprise on day one for me was I kind of expected LDT to walk back into his role. I know that in minicamp, very, very rusty, and that's perfectly fine running with the twos. He started with the twos on day one, too. Do you read into this as uh, either an, a, a surge from Trey Smith, or is it just still trying to knock the rust off of LDT? We won't have Kyle Long for a while. How do you see this uh, right guard spot right now? Yeah, I mean, it could go a lot of different ways. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, it could just be simply a LDT still rounding into shape. Remember, didn't, you know, really only came in for the veteran minicamp and didn't get a lot of work there. Um, and it's still, I mean, once again, there's been no pads. So um, Andy Reid even talked about it uh, on Wednesday. I mean, that's going to be a test for Trey Smith when the pads come on. But, I mean, it, it, you just be around this team at all. And how you don't fall in love with Trey Smith, I have no idea how. And I know the Chiefs are falling in love because they love what they've seen on the field so far. They, they love what they're hearing. I mean, he's been great at press conferences. I mean, you're hearing all the right things from this kid. Um, but so far, I mean, it's it's been the play on the field that's dictated where he lines up. And, and he has forced himself into that conversation at right guard. Um, yeah, long going down certainly opened things up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Chiefs wanted to really see what Smith, you know, had there anyway. Um, this could simply be a you know situation that hey, you know, Trey Smith, maybe he backed into the position a little bit, but I think it could certainly be a situation where he crabs that right guard spot and doesn't let go. Um, I mean, like like we talked about, a long way to go, and the pads have to come on. You got to see what happens in some preseason games. But yeah, I mean, this team absolutely loves Trey Smith. And it would not surprise me at all if he was starting in week one. I'm really excited about that because as much as I want to keep the pressure off of him, uh, being a rookie and and having to beat out two guys with a lot of experience, that said, I like where it would go if he's in there in terms of being able to have more of a balanced offense, get those short yards when you need it. I don't think we're going to have any kind of overhaul of how much Andy Reid is going to call running plays. But I feel like they're going to be a little bit more effective with the type of guys that they have in camp, the more physical type, really from Orlando Brown all the way over to Trey Smith. Is that jive with what you're feeling right now about the group? It really does. I mean, if you look at the the lineup that they have, I mean, this is a more physical, you know, gap blocking group than they've had in the past. I mean, and that doesn't mean that, you know, maybe they can't still do some of the outside zone stuff that Andy Reid likes to do and some zone running. But, you know, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, especially, and no knock against Mike Rimmers, I mean, he may be a little bit of the odd man. I mean, he's still a mountain of a man, so I'm not going to be, you know, stepping on Mike Rimmers' cape or anything. (laughs) But Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, uh, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, these are all power blockers, you know, that can really physically win matchups one-on-one. And that hasn't always been something that the Chiefs have have had. So I certainly think it's going to affect a lot of the things that they do. I think it's going to certainly change what this team looks like in the red zone. Um, but yeah, it's a different mentality. And, it, you know, it, it, you got to see how it gels and how it comes together. But right now, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really, really interested to see what this team looks like early next week when the pads come on, because I think we're going to see a lot of physicality and some really fun matchups between the offensive and defensive lines. I'm looking forward to that, too. We're going to talk about that here when we get back. And I want to tell you about our friends and sponsors, rockauto.com, where they can save you not only money, but time. And time might be the more important because it takes time to go to a store and find out what they have in stock 
see if it fits your make, model, car, truck, whatever it is. You can go to rockauto.com and save both time and money. It's important. Why choose to spend 50 or 100% more plus lose time when you go to a physical store? You can go to rockauto.com and get it all at one time. Rock Auto is a family business, and they've been doing this for 20 years. They make things easy, and their prices are reliably low, and they're for everybody, whether it's a professional or a keep-it-up-your-do-it-yourself kind of guy like me. Um, my truck keeps running because of things like rockauto.com. I want you to check that out because they have everything from brake parts all the way up to air filters and everything else that you may need for your car or truck. Go there, explore their website. Check it out. I think you guys will really enjoy it. And at the end of the day, it's about saving you that time and money. So rockauto.com right now, get the, the parts that are available for your car. Right in locked on when they have that little, how did you hear about us box? Let them know that we sent you. Uh, amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Getting back out to the field, Matt. The thing I thought was really interesting is we've had a lot of storylines about the young guys all summer long, right? And it's been a focus. I think maybe the one that surprised me is it looked like uh, on the offensive side, McCall Hardman showed up and had a day, right? Yeah, he looked really good. I mean, uh, you know, had a really nice deep completion from Mahomes. It was uh, perfectly thrown, perfect timing. Um, any questions that maybe, you know, Mahomes and, and Hardman lacking in chemistry, that throw right there suggested that's not the case. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he was he was on full display on, on opening day. I mean, you could definitely see the speed. I mean, he said he's been working on his route running. Um, certainly looked like it. I mean, he looked he looked a lot crisper. Um, there was a few uh, receivers made a few good plays today, but, you know, Hardman definitely stood out. It's interesting because he just said the other day how he didn't get any time with that over the, the offseason and how – he didn't get that kind of connection. And that's a concern, honestly, when you get on the field. But like you said, walking back out there today, if they're making those kind of hookups, it goes a long way. One of those, if I remember some of the clips that I saw, was over DeAndre Baker, who I think was the highlight of my day in saying that this is a progression. I didn't expect him to be full go on day one. I was glad he was going to be in camp. I was hoping he'd get there in a week or two. But how did Baker look to you? Yeah, it didn't look at all, uh, you know, like there was any problems um, with Baker. I mean, he certainly looked, did not look restricted in any way. It looked like he was pretty comfortable out there. Um, you know, hey, the defensive backs had a rough day. I'm not going to lie. It was a rough day for the secondary overall and especially the corners. And I have no idea what to judge yet. I mean, at the, the, the corners, other than I think Traveris Ward and Legereus Sneed are clearly your, your top two corners at this point. And then after that, you know, there's still a little bit of a, a tussle. And I think that's going to go on for a while. I mean, I, th- I think the Chiefs want to rotate around. I, I think I, I'm not going to read too much into yet Baker and Hughes um, getting as many looks as, as they did early on because the Chiefs do want to see what they have. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a big part of that. They want to see those two guys in particular um, go up against a little bit of the number one offense to go up against Tyreek Hill, go up against Hardman, Robinson, Brinkle, these guys, and see what they've got. And, you know, because th- this is their test time. I mean, this is really, I mean, they're being given the opportunity. This is when they really need to show what they've got. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that, you know, guys who've been around for a while that the Chiefs know, like Rashad Fenton, a little bit of a Bo Keys, that, you know, maybe they're not getting as many reps right now. But that could change in a heartbeat if you're given the opportunity and you don't catch the ball right now um, because this this is it. I mean, this, this was the plan for the Chiefs all along was to come in and give Hughes and give Baker both a chance to see what they've got. 
I, I think that's a positive thing. You have to do that at this time when it's when it's safe to do so, when you're not in competition. I think a lot of folks were a, a little uh, surprised it wasn't Fenton, but that, that was exactly the tack that I took. They know what he can do. It's about having that comparison with these two guys, and I'm sure there's breaking news on your phone right now, but that's okay. We will get to that in a minute. At the end of the day, it's going to be kind of a fight, this whole camp, right? So we, we shouldn't put any well, – we should put some credit into it, but not too much credit into any one day's effort at training camp, should we? No, especially this early on. I mean, you know, you're you're going to get start to get a feel for some things. And, hey, some positions are going to be clear. I mean, when you've seen a guy like Creed Humphrey come in and, you know, play with the ones, OTAs, mini camp, and then day one of training camp, I mean, that's something that you can you can bank on. Um, but other things, you really you have to see them play out. And there's going to be a few of these position groups where it's exactly that. I mean, uh, who's the starter day one of, of training camp is not necessarily who it's going to be a week from now or two weeks from now or certainly in week one. So um, there's some positions, yeah, it's going to be that way, but others are going to be, you know, more fluid. And for the Chiefs, Super Bowl championship team got some of those fluid matchups. Staying in the secondary, uh, I was not surprised to see that it was Sneeze snarting on the outside and then moving in to the nickel. I'll be very interested to see if they do that again tomorrow. If we see that as a pattern, then it really is about who can play on the outside better and I would kind of give that edge to Baker of the the three right now that we're talking about. Does that coincide with what you think? Yeah, you know, I mean, I really think it's a fight. I mean, I really yeah. do. I mean, because, you know, and, and some of these corners have different skills. I mean, um, you, Rashawn Fenton can play a little bit both inside and outside. I think the Chiefs view Baker and Hughes as both primarily outside guys. Um, Sneed, I think at this point, clearly they believe is their best corner. And not just their best corner, but their best slot corner too. So, um, they're, I, I don't think that's not, I, to me, it's not a one day test. I mean, you know, for Sneed, I think he's going to get the majority of training camp to try and get used to that and, and make sure that he's comfortable with that role. Now, if he, if it, if it shows up in his play that playing outside and inside is taken away from his, his efficiency and his success, then yeah, I think they'll back off it and they'll just put him in one role. And that could benefit a, a Rashad Fenton if you believe that. You want to keep Snead on the field all the time, but he's going to have to stay outside. Maybe that benefits Fitton, who's, I think, viewed by the Chiefs as maybe being a little bit you know, better as a slot corner. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's going to be somebody who's going to be the third rotation, I think Baker might have a pretty good you know, chance of coming in if it is just as an outside corner. Um, but I think that competition, I mean, it's still wide open. I think there's at least four bodies that could win that spot. Maybe some other guys, there's other guys in camp who can fight their way into it too. Uh, because I don't think it's a done deal at this point. Well, I don't think anything's done. There's one deal that isn't in particular. We're going to talk about that after we get back from this. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to make all your sports action bets. Baseball season through the roof, NBA, NHL, obviously football, even UFC and MMA. Before the next contest, go to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the sporting news, the odds, the bonuses, everything you need to place your action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs at playoffs or even a brand new season. Head over to the website, use your device, and check it out today. You'll receive a 50% bonus on your deposit. That's 50% on top of what you deposit at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And use the promo code locked on. Let them know that we sent you over there. Nice lead in that last segment. Uh, that <laughs> that pretty slick. Well. Yeah, the transition of yours was very nice. I like it. 
Well, when you set him up like that, it makes it easy. Um, the guy that we're talking about, folks, is Tyron Matthew, who I thought was very adamant in his post-practice uh, presser in being just blatant that I am not concerned about where the contract sits right now or what the process is. Um, is any of that bluster or try to calm down the fan base, or is, do you read that as being true to how he feels? Uh, I think it's one of those things that, that Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of a thing. Everything's true from a certain point of view. Um <laughs> Much as, as as Tyron seems to be subtweeting about his contract, uh, the, the here's I think the ultimate thing is that you don't see it impacting on the field whatsoever, and I don't think that anybody expects that. I mean, you heard it from Clark Hunt, you've heard it from Andy Reid. I mean, you know, this is a guy that they expect is going to go out and play ball and play it well, no matter what's going on with the contract. And it's been that way all summer. I mean, there's no, I mean. Tyron Matthew's been Tyron Matthew. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we're all curious about exactly what is the holdup, and I think we could probably take some guesses at what it is as far as just, you know, being a part on years and money and, you know, how you how you spread, spread all those things out. But, no, I mean, it's uh, – take, take Tyron Matthew at his word because his play backs it up, that he's not worried about it, that he's just out there to play ball because he has been nothing but solid on the field and clearly you talk to the teammates, they could not be happier with him as a teammate. He's been helping out the young guys. I mean, there's a reason why Tyron Matthew probably needs, probably deserves that extension. It probably deserves to be one of the highest paid guys in the league because it's not just about the play on the field. It's him as a leader. I mean, he is this defense. I mean, he's the heart and soul of it right now. Yeah, and that's what they have to have. I, I in the end, don't think it's going to um, draw out too far, but I will say this. With the noise you hear around the league, with uh, especially from Jamal Adams wanting to get paid, that kind of safety contract that is then going to bump it up. I, I said the other day that I think Brett Veach has to hurry up. I, I think that they need to remove whatever barricades they can to try to get this done before the cost goes up pretty dramatically here in the next week or two. Yeah, I mean, they're always going to be able to make the argument, hey, Jamal Adams is younger. I mean, there's always going to be that aspect of it. But I'm with you. I mean, if, if, that's a, if that's a deal that gets done and it parks the – the safety average value rate up a few notches, then, yeah, I mean, Tyron Matthews is going to have a case to be made. So, you know, I need to be up a few notches too. Um, so I would want, if I'm Brett Veach, to get it done sooner than later because, you know, that that Adams deal looming out there could be the problem. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you know, the Chiefs have to do with a deal that they think that makes sense. And, you know, remember, you know, they they gave money to an aging safety and it didn't work out for them before. And maybe there's a little bit of being gun shy in that in that case. I, I think the situations are a little bit different. And Tyra Matthews certainly feels like I think that they're a little bit different. But there's any there's absolutely risk in, in the NFL. We know it with committing big money to a player past age 30. And NFL teams are always going to be hesitant about that. And if they're not hesitant about it, it usually backfires on. Them. Right. That brings me to another guy approaching that age range. Willie Gay Jr. had a good day out from what I saw and all the reports, but he I think that was probably emphasized by the fact that Anthony Hitchens wasn't out there. What do we know about Hitchens' uh, hamstring? Are you concerned about this being the first big practice of the summer and he's not there? Yeah, Hitch, Hitch, Hitch tweaked his hamstring on day one, and I mean, I think it's a concern simply because you know, injuries have been a problem for Hitch the last few years. I mean, especially some of the, the you know, hamstring-type issues. I mean, it's been a consistent problem. And he hasn't always missed a lot of games. He's had, he's played through them. 
but I think they've absolutely have, you know, affected his play. And, you know, I, I know he certainly didn't want to start out camp this way again. The Chiefs didn't want him to start out this way, the camp this way again. I think they will probably be, you know, a little, you know, slow to bring him back because I do think that, you know, they want to give us other guys some, some opportunities. I mean, you know, see, you're going to see a lot of Ben Neiman filling in for Hitch. Um, the question's going to be really more about, you know, how quickly they bring along Nick Bolton and mm-hmm. how he performs you know, further down the depth chart, because that's the guy that's really in a position to eventually take a lot more of Hitch's work. Um, but you're right. I mean, you know, Willie Gay looked really good on Wednesday. Um, the speed, the anticipation, it looks like he's playing just a lot more reactive and a lot faster. A couple of really nice plays, the passing game, you know, knocking down some of Mahomes passes. That's big. And, you know, if, if Gay plays the way that he played today, then, yeah, Chiefs fans are going to be really happy with him. So uh, l- let me be specific. Was it Neiman that called the defense in Hitch's absence? Yeah, it was still it was still Hitch that was it was, or Neiman that was doing all of that and and and, and Gay's playing off ball. Okay. So yeah, that when they pepper in Bolton, I think that's going to be the thing that we're all kind of waiting on. I just want to wrap it up by asking you, what didn't I see? What was a takeaway that that you noticed on the field that we haven't heard about? It's a good question. I mean, because you did a good job tweeting. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I mean, it seems like everything hit Twitter, whether it was for me or somebody else. I think right. everybody, everything made it out there. Um, you know, I, I think you really the the, the cornerback situation and just the fluidity of that. I, I do think is going to be a big story. Um, probably a little bit messier than even I anticipated it to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be a pretty interesting battle as it was. But I think, yeah, it certainly looked like there's going to be a lot of you know, a lot of faces in there. Um, I'm really curious to see still how this, you know, the receiver group works out. I mean, you, we talked about Hartman having a good day. Um, there are other guys who had good days too. Um, you know, I, Antonio Callaway had a nice play. Um, I've still been really impressed with some guys further down the depth chart. You know, um, Reese Fountain, I thought had a couple of good moments today. Uh, Darius Shepard, kid from Blue Springs, local mm-hmm. kid had a good day. Um, yeah, that's going to happen in seven on seven when there's no contact. So, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, We'll stop short of putting them in the Frankie Hammond Jr. Hall of Fame. Good. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I, I was I was I was impressed. So we'll see what happens. Um, for those of you who are you know, wanting to know about the third string quarterback battle. I think Shane Bouchelle's in the lead right now. Wow. Um, I, Anthony Gordon's impressed me. But today, Bouchelle was the clear winner in that battle. Okay. If that's if that's your sort of thing. Right. Things that I'm not worried about yet. That probably didn't make Twitter. <laughs> right. Well, thank you. And we're glad that you're going to be there for us and be there for everything at Chiefs Digest, folks. That's where you can get all of his information as he sees it happen. Uh, we appreciate you being with us, Matt. Of course, Ryan. Great talking to you. Folks, thanks for watching. We'll catch you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.